This is the More Than Fitness Podcast with Matt McLeod. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. So just real quick, I want to, um, I want to preface this by why I'm wearing this, this pineapple shirt and this, this gold <laughs> chain and everything. So this is, this is my podcast uniform and we're currently in Silly Goose Studios in the closet of my apartment. So, uh, this is, this is, this is, this is why I, uh, this is why I look very douchey right now, but I wanted to preface that because you have no idea who I am, but that makes this introduction even better. Yeah, that was funny. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh fuck, what did I just sign up for? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's, it's all good. No, I wear this. I wear this literally every episode of the podcast just because it makes me feel good. This is my, uh, um, this is my grandfather's chain. And oh, okay. so he, hey, he had a, uh, he had a very big personality. And so every time I do these podcasts, this is what I try and, uh, summon up. I just try and summon up that good energy. No, that, Hey man, I was I full marks. No, I'm full marks, dude. Just, <laughs> you do you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. But yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm stoked to stoked to have you on, man. I really appreciate you taking out the time to do this. Um, I know, I know you've got a busy schedule, um, but, uh, and I, yeah, yeah, man, I know you've got, I know you've got the, um, you've got a beautiful baby boy. You've got a couple other, uh, interns and kids with the, uh, with the dogs. So you got a full house. Oh man. Yeah. Although they almost gave me a stroke. Uh, just, uh, I got a phone call yesterday right after I got up. I love, cause I get up and I let my dogs out and I do my thing. Right. And then right away I get a phone call from my wife saying they found our dogs up the street and I'm like, what? So some some asshole had broke part of my language had broken in and and like broken into my yard. They just uh, I don't know I guess to try to steal something. Whatever I don't that I don't really care about. But he left my gate open. Um, yeah. Yeah. So my dogs got out and they're you know they're bulldogs so they're kind of low to the ground and it wasn't you know you know it was kind of like wasn't right out yet. So I'm lucky they didn't get squashed by a car. So yeah yeah yeah, yeah no I I completely understand that's and and. Please feel free to cuss as much as you want. There's there is no rules here. Obviously, look how ridiculous I look right now. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to. <laughs> I'm glad to. I'm glad to hear they're doing okay because uh, I know that I, I see them on your stories and stuff all the time. So I know they're a big part of the family. My stories. That's another. That's another story. I, I, somebody messaged me like a guy kind of. He helped me set up my Instagram way back, and he's like, "What's with all the stories?" He's like, "You're just." You know, I'm like, I don't know. I guess I got into it. I, I never know. I know you can see if people read them, but I don't, I don't really look at analytics much. I don't know. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, he's like, dude, you're, you know, he's like, slow down. <laughs> like, no, dude, it's good. I, uh, people, people enjoy it. I mean, this is, uh, we, we, we like, we like hearing about the people love dogs, man. Dogs and kids. Like if you want social media 101, post more of that stuff and everything gets better. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, that's good to know because they certainly, uh, Especially the kid, they certainly occupy a lot of your attention, like it or not. And how how, how old is he? Oh God, this is like remembering my wife's birthday. Put you on the spot? Yeah. Uh, no, he's uh, just over two. So, okay, that's so, adorable. Yeah, no, he's at a horrible age. He's just an asshole. Just like <laughs> like he's just like he's at that age like he just walks up, you know, and I'll have all like you know I'll have a coffee and maybe some work on the table. He'll just walk up, just just knock it over, and just and just walk away. And I'm like, you prick. And you, and you can't do you can't do hardly anything about it either. <laughs> well, you no, know, I can't like give him a suplex, but I'm just like, <laughs> like, you know, you know, I can try to sort of teach him, and so like, no, you know, but right. I don't know, no, that, right. that I don't even do that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he's at a, he's at a terrible age, but I'm I'm hopeful he'll grow out of it. So 
Right, and his his cuteness makes up for it, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah. Good, yeah, he, good, good. Where uh, where where are you at right now? Where are you from? I'm from Canada. I'm up in Calgary. Okay, yeah. So you're yeah, you're up north. So yeah. I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. So we're we're a little bit a little, little bit lower right now. Yeah. Um, now, is it, how, now okay, that's the Mason Dixon line, right? Like that's like it. It's it's yeah. It's very close, I believe. So you're like on the cusp of being a southerner or a northerner. We're 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 still considered southern. Oh, oh, really? Now that yeah. you know, really now that's interesting. Now, I, so I bet you there are people though, you know, people more on the decidedly left side of the political spectrum would suggest that you're like that they're northerners, right? Right. I mean, it. I guess it. I, I guess it could depend on who you talk to, but for the most part, whenever people think of Kentucky, they're like, <laughs> oh, and they're like, okay, those those hillbillies are out there. You know, who knows? They're on their farms. They're drinking bourbon. They're playing with horses. Like that's that's essentially the the and and then UK basketball. So like our yeah, basketball yeah, team's yeah. usually pretty good. That's yeah. about the furthest extent that people go about their knowledge about Kentucky. Well, you know, I, you know, obviously, if you ever been to Canada, no, I haven't, but I'd love to go though. Canada's hilarious because Americans just don't understand this. Um, 90% of our media is American media. Okay. And it's, it's, it's so bad. Well, not so bad, but it's so, it got to the point that the government was like, we have to run Canadian programming at least a little bit. Otherwise, otherwise we're just going to be another state. Right. And of course, Canadians being Canadians, they, they created a bunch of just absolutely terrible TV shows. They're like parody shows. Yeah, like like people like lumberjacks and, and stuff like that was the Canadian content. Right, right, right. But anyway, Canadians know a lot about American politics and stuff, mm-hmm. and the opposite is just not true. <laughs> like, no, no, I don't, I don't know hardly <laughs> anything about Canada at all. Okay, well, that's and I don't hold that against you because you you don't you don't have seventy channels and sixty nine of them are from the states. So right, right, right. But anyway, but now with all this politics, when I think of Kentucky, I think of um, Mitch McConnell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> so, he's he's had a lot of uh, media around him recently. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not posting opinions. Not for me to post an opinion about him. I'm just that's what I think of now, man. Hey, so. dude. It's all good. It's all good. You know what's funny is my my girlfriend is probably the one that you need to talk to about politics. So she's currently in New York right now. I'm okay. um, going to Cardozo Law School. Okay. And before I met her, I was not into politics even remotely. Um, and then I met her and then she's like, okay, you've got to learn at least the basics of the, whatever the, the, the normal beliefs on the left and the right and everything like that. And I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I can figure that out. But she, she slowly, uh, gotten me into politics more and more. So that's well, been fun. Oh, your politics is screwed, man. I just, I just, <laughs> I just watch it for the theater. It's just so, it's just, it's terrible. Well, it's, it's entertaining, but it's, uh, entertaining. That's the word. Yeah. Entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but yeah, okay, so cool. So Canada, I would definitely, yeah, I've definitely wanted to come visit up there. Have you have you lived up there your entire life? Yeah, I li- we lived uh, all over the place. Like um, my wife, when she did uh, when she specialized, uh, we lived in New York for a few years, and that was that was fun. And uh, but then we moved back and bounced around a bit, and wound up in Calgary. And Calgary's like uh, it's like the Canadian Denver. Okay, it's, it's like right in the Rockies. It's very pretty, very pretty. Right. Um, Eh, not really my thing. I prefer the ocean to the mountains, but um, yeah, if you, if you like snapshots and shit, and like, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's gorgeous, but lots of lots of good influencer content up there. G- influencer, with oh the, fuck, with the, with the backgrounds and everything. 
Yeah, I mean, I should make that my jam because it's like everywhere. But no, it's uh... <laughs> you need way you need way more shirtless photos of you on a mountain with a big quote in the background. Oh god, yeah. It, oh yeah, it's a very douchey city that way too. Yeah, like I'm sure that's yeah. Don't come here. It's douchebag central. That's what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. it's all good. There's there's douchebag centrals everywhere, especially all over the U.S. So I I completely understand. Um, but cool. So did you uh did you go to school in Canada or did you? Because I do know you went to college, right? Oh yeah, I did. Uh, what did I get? I got an English degree. Then I got no. I got a psychology degree. Then I got an English degree. Uh, then I didn't finish my journalism degree because I was already working. Okay. Well, okay. So you got all these. You got all these different degrees. Um, I guess. I, I guess the next question is, where did fitness come into play into all this? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's 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 that's. I get asked that a lot. I should have a better answer. Uh, <laughs> no, I was always really into. I shouldn't say fitness because I think that's a bit of a red herring. I was never into fitness. I was really into like bodybuilding and trying to look good and, and trying to like, you know, which was my first mistake. I probably should have gotten a better foundation in just like strength training and athletics and stuff. But after I washed out of hockey, um, it was just, you know, I just wanted to, you know, bodybuilding. So I was buying magazines and, and uh, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't podcasts or videos or YouTube back then, but there was, uh, there was obviously muscle and fitness. And eventually there was like VH, VHS tapes. Right, right, right. You know, and I was if getting, you don't mind me asking, how how old are you, Brian? Oh, I'm 46. Okay, yeah, you. I mean, you. Yeah, no, you look you look phenomenal for 46. Well, thank, I thought you were gonna say, "Wow, you're fucking old." Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, yeah. no, you're good. But anyway, so like, I was really, I was just absorbing all that, and and all through university, when I was getting my degree, I was I w- working in a gym, mm. and just like mopping the floor, and you know, giving people lockers and stuff like that, and um, and then over the summer, I would. For, for you know, obviously, I had more time, so I'd work at other gyms. So, mm-hmm. um, and then the school year or, or whatever, yeah, the school year would come around. I'd quit a couple of jobs and just keep the one that I liked. And you know, anyway, by the time I was done, uh, I had I was qualified to be like kind of like a an entry level guidance counselor, like work at group homes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I've always had, you know, I've always had a strong kind of I don't know, like empathetic side i guess you could say even though I'm yeah bit, yeah yeah even though i'm a bit of an asshole um <laughs> and i lasted one day I, I went to work at a group home for like these kids were really troubled and they in retrospect they shouldn't have thrown me in there like they threw me into the, like these kids were they they had a lot of they had a lot of shit going on right and i like my first day there was like a huge fight and there was like a they're serving dinner and people were throwing plates of lasagna at each other and i'm like this is not for me man you know, yeah, yeah, so, that sounds intense. Yeah, so uh, I decided I want to be a trainer after that. And, right, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, went, went a different direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was already in the gym, so like, fuck, I'll try this for a bit. Yeah, and um, but I was never really satisfied with that because I've always had a never felt like a real job, even though I was making good money and and you know I was getting clients and stuff, but I was always running around from gym to gym, and and it didn't feel like a job. It certainly didn't, you know, have benefits or. Uh, pension or any shit like that mm. and so did you, did you have much pressure from your your parents or or friends or anything like that not really they're they're <laughs> they're pretty cool that way but uh i had a lot of i put a lot of pressure on myself like i had a right, very okay. i had a very kind of strong sense of what an adult should do like i've i i abhor the word should now uh especially as i raise my own son i'm like i'm never gonna use the word should unless it's like you should put your pants on, but nothing like, and only on occasion with that too. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so I, 
I, I would always never really got into it. Like I'd get a client base, but I'd always be looking for something more. So um, I, I had a, a lot of writing background and I said, well, you know what, I'll, I'll get into, you know, maybe I'll get into fitness journalism. So I went back to college this time um, and I did a year of journalism and that, which was really, really good because it taught me to write a lot more succinct. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, I could already see the writing on the wall that journalism was dying. This was like 10 or 15 years ago. And I was like, the, it was just a dying craft. And I'm like, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta kind of, I can't rely on working for a newspaper, you know, or working for, you know, ESPN or something. Right. So I started to freelance fitness articles. And um, so that was a, just like, just like blogging. No, I, that was, this was about 2000. I was thinking, I'm thinking, no, yeah, about two, yeah, 2002. Okay. All right, cool. Oh yeah. And I was also working in, in sport nutrition again, because I was like, I, I had like a sales rep. So right. I was always looking for real jobs, anything to be just a trainer. Cause I couldn't, I just refused to see tra- being a trainer as a real job. Again, you know, contacts, this is, you know, over 15 years ago. Um, and so I started to write fitness articles and I got, uh, that's when I met uh, Lou Schuler. Yeah. 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 His writing domination. I still, I still read to this day. Oh yeah. Just, just an amazing guy. Just such a, like in an industry full of just really kind of not shitty people, but really kind of shifty people, mm-hmm. <laughs> people who people who say one thing and do another. He's like, he's Lou, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, you get to, I, I take a lot of comfort in that. All right, I'm gonna get the Lou answer when I ask him. Um, anyway, he uh, he kind of I won't won't say took me under his wing, but he kind of helped me a little bit and helped me get my first article published on um, on T Nation. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I got they hired me as an editor or assistant editor rather. And, uh, and I did a lot of writing and I got, you know, better and better at writing. So writing for the internet's not like writing prose or something. And certainly not right when I got getting my English degree and you're like deconstructing poetry and 20th century literature and, and you just <laughs> different kettle of fish. Right. Right. So you had to learn, did you have to learn how to really just kind of write more, more so how you talked more, uh, like less and less formal. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd, God forbid I, pe- I write like I talk because I just fucking ramble. Um, <laughs> but no, when you're writing for the internet, it's, um, it's, you can see the extremes of it, people who are terrible at it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're the ones who are on Twitter and, they, and everything they write, everything is like this strong sentence. Mm-hmm. And, and I make fun of these assholes because I, it, they'll be like, especially the right wing guys on Twitter, they're like, men you are supposed to be fit. Like no sentence has like more than five words. <laughs> yeah. And everything's like, it's like presented like this big fucking statement, like a, like a yeah, like, like lost commandment or something. Right, right, right. Anyway, you know, it's really, anyway, writing for the internet is, is just very, it's just an economy of words. You're just writing very, you know, short sentences, not a lot of commas, a lot more periods, just, you know, I'm simplifying, but. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to know, I want to know, I, I start, I'm, I, I'll do this sometimes, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I cut you off, but I have these thoughts, and then I think, because something that I've thought about a lot about as I've gotten better at writing and um, uh, just written more in general, have you noticed that your, your, your thinking and your articulating and things like that become better as well? Because I feel like writing is more so just like articulated thought on paper. Have you become a better thinker over the years um, from writing more? Um well, I think I've become a shittier writer per se, like because I okay. because I write so much for the web. Um, do people still say web? Yeah, it works. I, you know, I write I write so much for that medium that you know, if I was ever to write a book, um, like it would just I don't know, it would just feel like a different gear. 
Mm-hmm. But um, I think the the best thing about it is is I did so much writing. The biggest thing I did having that job uh, with teenagers was rewriting. Okay, it's one thing to write your own work, mm-hmm. and then you know somebody whatever gives you pointers, and then you rewrite it. That's that's excellent. That's that's a great way to learn. But what made me get really good really fast? Well, not that I you know what I mean. Get a lot better really fast. That's what I meant to say. Yes. Um, was taking somebody else's fucking disaster and then rewriting it into something good, you know, that will actually get them a following and make them money and stuff like that. Right, right, right. No, no thanks to me. Um, that was hard because you have to like take this, and some of these guys just can't write. So they're mm-hmm. terrible. Some of, the, some of the people, I won't say names, but some of the people <laughs> you admire, they're terrible writers. Right, right, right. Um, they have great ideas, but they just don't, you know, whatever. You know, they count reps. This isn't their shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but anyway, that's what made me really good. Yeah, is, yeah. Well, again, I keep blowing my own horn, but that's that's what accelerated. Dude, you're good. You're a good yeah. writer. You got to <laughs> just admit it. I'll, I'll tell no, him for no, you. You're no, a good writer, man. No, I don't know. I think when I'm good, I'm, when I'm good, I'm good. Um, but I think uh, there's an expression that um, if, if you can't look at your stuff from like even two years ago, and go, holy fuck, this is terrible. Uh, then you're just not, you're not progressing. Oh, I absolutely agree. So like, I look at my work and, you know, even stuff that's been on my, you know, I don't blog much anymore, but I'll look at stuff and and maybe one out of every 10 things, I'll be like, oh, that was pretty good. I'd still see stuff I want to fix mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm just too lazy to do it. Uh, but yeah, that's, yeah, it's like anything. If you want to get good at writing, just fucking write. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in copyright, if you want to get good at writing copy, like advertising copy, um, literally copy good advertising copy, like word for word. Mm-hmm. And just uh, ideally use a, like, do it longhand. That will really kind of drill it down into you. Um, but for me, what what really accelerated my skill set was, A, having a background in journalism because it taught me to be fast mm-hmm. and be accurate. And the second thing was editing other people's stuff. So those are those are kind of things that are a little, you know, not everybody has the opportunity to do that, uh, but those are good ways to really enhance your skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Those are those are great tips. Uh, w- with me, one thing that always helped me is I noticed that from writers that I looked up to, um, and just whether in, in fitness or just just regular authors who who write regular books, um, I noticed that my style started to become more like them. Uh, and this happened with my, how I spoke, how I wrote, how I talked, like how I communicated with people and everything. Did you notice as you were, I'm trying to make this relatable to the audience. Like as you were coming up, um, did you notice that you had these, these role models and when did, when were you able to, I, 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 I always struggle between, am I, tr- am I copying this person or am I being you know, myself, I'm trying to constantly like compare myself to these people, but also be original. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I was blessed, especially when I was working with a uh, teen nation. I mean, that's like, like TC Loma is probably the most gifted writer in the industry. Mm. Um, you know, and he just, and he breaks all the rules and, and at the same time, it's just perfectly constructed and it's so fucking funny. Um, so I used to, you know, I guess copy him, copy him stylistically, but always knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm throwing the same pitch as him, but I'm not throwing a 90 mile per hour fastball like him. Right, right, so right. I can, but um, yeah, like being around, it's just like you have to read good writing and you have to, and yeah, the more you immerse yourself in it, you will, it will affect your style uh, 
But if it's genuine, if it's just your natural style progressing, it won't feel false. Mm-hmm. Like I've never, one of the things about being an editor, especially, um, is you get this really kind of cold sense. Like when, like I can read something right away and I just know it's false. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same way, you know, getting back, eventually get back to training, but like I've written so many fucking training programs. Um, when I get one that I know that the person has never, has just never used with a client, much less himself, I can just spot it right away. Cause it's just, everything just feels wrong. Yeah. Like this wouldn't work in a commercial setting or this makes no sense. Or this is too long. Or, this is too much volume. Um, and just like with writing, like you, you just, when you get really comfortable in your own style and you've done it enough, you can spot fraudulent shit right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, you know, especially the fitness industry, like, I don't know how many times I would, cause you don't, you know, I would, I would get stuff and I'd be like, fuck, this is something I edited from somebody else three years ago. You're, you're plagiarizing this asshole. Like, come on, man. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, if, you ever, if you're going to steal, at least like try to like, you know, steal a little more artfully, <laughs> Yeah, you know, cause everyone has a style and you, and you just, and it'll, it'll kind of, you'll get triggered. You'll be like, I've read this before. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah so yeah 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 and you can you can know you can spot it from a while a mile away i feel like the experts and the people who've been in the game for a long time they can spot that shit from from far away oh yeah easily. And, yeah and if you ever have the opportunity to uh submit an article to lou Schuler, um like what i would do in edit mainly because i'm kind of lazy and i'm pressed for time you know if it was worth my time i would just like clean it up you know get rid of get rid of any bullshit and make it better and whatever maybe if i needed more information i'd send it back for you know, can you clarify this, clarify that? But Lou will tear it apart. Right. You know, he'll call you on your bullshit. And, 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 and again, that makes you, when you get that kind of like, because everyone thinks when they write something, it's the greatest thing ever. And when you get someone who's really good, rip it to shreds and send it back to you. You're like, okay, maybe, you know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's a big piece of humble pie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And if people don't know who Lou Shore is, they, and, and you're in the fitness industry or you want to get better at writing, you absolutely need to, to look him up because he, he's de- definitely a legend. Um, but as far as, as, far as the uh, amount of information that is out there right now, I know that, uh, like I had in, in the notes here that I sent to you in your, in your recent podcast on Physique Mastery Podcast, uh, uh, you, you guys talked about how much information is available at people's fingertips now. Uh, and, and that can be both good and bad uh, because there's lots of good information, but there's also really shitty information out there. Uh, do, you <laughs> think, do you think with the, the rise of all of this information and everything, do you think people complicate stuff way more than they do now compared to uh, whatever 20 years ago when, like you said, they just go in the gym and they just work hard? Yeah, you know, I've I kind of I don't want to say I've come full circle on that because um, I've caught myself because I do feel that way. I do think people overcomplicate things, um, and I always tease uh, the Renaissance guys because of all, all their fucking acronyms. Mm. You know, RIR and RP, RPE and MRV, and, MRV yeah, and MC. You know, you yeah. Know, and fortunately, they have a sense of humor about it. But like, it's you have to like. Those guys can can drop that lingo, and they've already got the requisite experience to know that none of that means shit if you're not working hard. Mm-hmm. You know, like none of that means like yeah, your reps in reserve don't mean shit if the overall program isn't properly designed or if it's like impractical. Right. So I think I don't think people have made things more complicated. They have just they're focusing on the wrong things, mm-hmm. and what makes it. Uh, 
what makes it a little more complicated is that what's the right thing for you to focus on is different than for somebody else. And I see that a lot like in my coaching because I got people like a lot of just business people and a lot of, a lot of students and just normal people who want to look better. Right. They all got different challenges, you know, and it's always pertaining to lifestyle. So I can like go on some diatribe about, oh, you just have to work hard and you have to really focus on this. You have to focus on loading or you have to focus on whatever. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, what they really should be focusing on is having more structure in their day or it's, you know, eating protein more frequently. So it's, so there's so many things one can focus on now. The challenge is just figuring out where your biggest hole in your game is and attacking that first. That's, that's probably 90, well, not 90, but 50% of what I do in my coaching is just, I look at the way somebody's, I call it their way of traveling. I'm like, all right, where's the biggest fuck up? <laughs> like, like, what's the biggest thing that I, that if I fix that, yeah, that, you know, and it's never, oh, you gotta, you know, you're doing hammer curls instead of, you know, dumbbell curls. It's never that. It's always something pertaining to, uh, to structure, schedule, time management, um, stress, especially, you know, the older they get, the more it's stress, you know, and keeping everything together because, you know, as I've, as I've discovered, you know, you, you move on in life, you have children and all of a sudden you're, you're just, there's just more demands on your time, mm-hmm. you know, and there's more of a sense of urgency with things you do. You don't have as much time to fuck around. So, right. Yeah. So you've got to be, you've got to be efficient and effective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you, and what you just said was exactly, that's why this is called the more than fitness podcast. That's why we just went on a rant about writing and, and thinking and, and things that, and I don't mind to talk about those things because I've talked about everything on this podcast because we aren't just robots who go in and hit our MRV in the gym and then get out. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's so much more to what goes into what affects our, our training and nutrition besides our macros and our training periodization uh, and all these certain things. Like it comes down to your day to day. Like it, are you and your wife in a fight? Are you, do you have to take care of your kids? Are you traveling? There's so many other factors that affect adherence, which is the main thing anyway, um, that I just think there's a, people in the a lot of people in the fitness industry don't focus on enough yeah and you you know we all know that if, if you just go to the gym and work out i'm just gonna blast my arms i mean obviously that's that's not i don't know what that is like that's you know that's not a program that's not that's not training you know that's just bullshit working out but at the same time there are periods when that kind of approach is exactly what the person needs mm-hmm. it's like it's like fuck dude you just got to go to the gym and just you know, gun show, 45 minute gun show, go, you know, like, you know, cause you need that kind of, you have to chase that gear in your brain. Like it's, just, you don't, you don't want to be staring at, you know, an app and going, okay, this percentage of this on this lift, you want to go and get the other benefits of training, you know? Yeah. So that's, it's knowing when to make those calls, mm-hmm. you know, with an, with an individual, just by looking at other signs of their biofeedback. And it's, you know, that's, that's the hard part of, of my job. Right, right, right. And you, 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 you work primarily with, with, um, uh, quote unquote older people. Uh, and I know that, I know that, I know that as, as people get older, they, they, they tend to, and, and often rightfully so they do have more excuses as to why they can't get to the gym, why they can't, um, uh, you know, get their nutrition under wraps or, or, or whatever. Uh, do you have to, you know, give these hard talks to these people sometimes that just say, oh, I, I will never reach my goals because I'm just so busy. I'm so stressed, this, this, this. Yeah. You, you know, you got to be careful with that. Um, 
you know, I've, I've had that blow up in my face many times. And uh, especially before when I was a little bit younger and, you know, a little bit cockier and, and just my, and my lifestyle was such where I didn't have as many demands in my time. You know, and I like, like a kid with a pineapple shirt in a closet by himself in a two bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah, man. In Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Like it, and you get a lot of blowback that way. Um, well, not blowback. That's the wrong word, but you don't get as much buy-in. Um, if you're like some 20 or 30 something and you're, and you're trying to lecture a guy in his late forties about how he should structure his time and how he should do, you should do this. Oh, we'll just have a protein shake in the middle of a meeting. The guy's gonna look at you like, all right. Um, <laughs> you're right. You know, so there are times I've just, yeah, this week I called a guy on his bullshit and, um, but you know, he's about the same age as me, similar, you know, similar kind of stage in life. And he just has some issues with just, you know, met, like self-medicating with food, you know, and he's not, not terrible, but just enough to like, to sabotage his goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and finally, you know, I've kind of was being a little bit soft with him. And then finally I just said like, look, we have to fucking stop doing this. Like, let's just try this instead. Like what you're doing isn't working. Like stop fucking arguing with me. Let's like, just try this, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, just, you know, but it's all done out of, I have a relationship with this guy, you know what I mean? Not a relationship, but you know, I'm, it's, I didn't, yeah, yeah, a coaching, but, a coaching yeah, client relationship. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, and he trusts me and, and, and I care about him. So you, you have to be careful when you do these, these heavy handed moves. And it's, and it's, of course, especially with, um, with women, especially, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of times, you know, not to stereotype 51% of the population, but a lot of women feel like their objections, um, or their, even their insecurities aren't taken seriously or worse, they're, they're not heard. Yeah. You know? And, and so <laughs> I, remember I, I used to take courses with Charles Pollock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. He, he's like the most politically incorrect was he's passed away, but uh, he, he was the most politically incorrect guy I've ever met. But he did, but, but he did impart some genius on me. He was like, cause he knew I was had no interest in working with athletes. I want to work with normal humans. And he's like, man, it's like working with women. He goes, they're always married to assholes. So rule, <laughs> it's like rule number one, make sure you listen to them. I'm like, all right, that's, that's fucking good advice, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. No, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And so you, I don't think people realize too often that coaches often have to play therapist and like listen way more than they do sometimes than, than, than coaching, than teaching. Oh yeah. That is a, uh, huh. well, because I have a bit of a background in that like school, <laughs> So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. so I'm very, I respect that field, you know, mm-hmm. you know I, I got my, I got a BA in psychology. I don't have, I don't have a PhD in psychology. You know, I'm not a clinical psychologist, so I stay in my fucking lane. Um, so if a trainer wants to play therapist or yeah, you have, you play listener, mm, you, you listener, don't, you yes. don't, you don't play therapist. So, right. Um, but often, you know, sometimes that's a lot of what people need is they just need to be, they just need someone to listen to them and not not make that mistake in a conversation where the other person is just biding their time waiting to talk, you know? Yeah. So it's just learning to just fucking shut up and listen and not judge and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I, I have to ask and not to put you on the spot here. If you can't think of something quick, we can, we can move on. But do you have any like great, cause you've been, you've been working with, with people for like 20 years. Yeah. You've been a coach for a while. Yeah. Um, I, I so mean, yeah, <laughs> I was just wondering: Do you have any? Do you have any really good, like, crazy client stories that you could share? 
please crazy client stories <laughs> like uh, any like anything like a client did something and it was just like what what are you thinking or like well, I, I remember they I, really blew up on you well i wrote i was 24 yeah i was still 24 and i was yeah, this is when i was going from gym to gym to gym and i lived with a couple of guys and uh this is when I was like, I decided, you know what, I want to pursue training and, you know, but I got this background, I got my psych degree and I'm like, you know, I'm this fucking, I, I'm just, you know, I'm this therapist. So you're the Dalai Lama basically. Yeah, oh yeah. I solved your fucking problem, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I remember I, I, for whatever reason, I, I just I tried to play therapist with a, with a female client and her marriage problems. Oh yeah. And, uh, next thing, and she next, she found out where I lived with these dudes and she's Saturday night she's banging on the door and, and. Oh shit. Really? Wait, yeah. Got that serious. Yeah, yeah. And just, of course I'm like, well, geez, you know, do you want to come in? And of course I had these, <laughs> I had these fucking roommates, you know, it just turned into a disaster night cause they were drinking and it just, you could see where this is going. Oh okay. man. Yeah. <laughs> so fortunately nothing. Yeah. I had that, that client relationship didn't fare well. So, but that's, um, she didn't renew with you. <laughs> she didn't, <That's> weird. Like, <laughs> but yeah, no. I, so, I don't know if she hooked up with my roommate. I don't know. But she <laughs> wait, the same night? Like, no, I don't know. No, but there were like <laughs> there's like fucking okay. sparks flying. It's like anyway, anyway. But this is yeah. So you never do that. You never do that. <laughs> yeah, good tip. I'm gonna get you in a lawsuit or something. <laughs> that's right. Uh, no, that's amazing. Okay, yeah. I was I was just curious. I know that even just from the uh, I uh, whatever the the people that I've worked with, I can already tell that oh, if I keep doing this over the years, there's gonna be some good stories to tell. Yeah. No. I mean, again, these are that was 22 years ago. So I wish you well. Um, <laughs> right. yeah. All the best. <laughs> All the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that's great. Well, the, the, the next, the next thing that I had down here was speaking of whenever you were whatever, 24, 25. Um, so whenever you uh, were managing your, your diet and exercise back then you got into bodybuilding. So I, I have a bodybuilding background too. Um, I've competed in two shows before. Oh, good. so I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually won my natural pro card in my last show, but I don't do Fuck bodybuilding. Off. Good for you, man. Yeah. Good thanks man. Well, I, uh, I, I don't do it basically at all anymore. I just, now I live life. Um, but yeah, so I know how, how serious you can take your training and take your nutrition and, and all of that stuff. How has that kind of, evolved over the years for you um yeah i know i was that's an interesting question because on the one hand like you would think that the natural progression would be you know someone's young they're super into it they're a fucking robot and they're training six days a week two a days you know then they kind of burn out or, or then they kind of just evolve and they embrace other things in life and yada yada that's probably the way it should be mm -hmm. um but i don't know i think i take it more seriously now because I've never competed, you know, and I've always kind of went, I always was kind of a little bit more casual about it. Like I was really into working out and bodybuilding, but I was never like all in, all in, you know, and only hanging out with meatheads and only talking about bodybuilding, only talking about drugs and all that shit. Um, you know, I had, I had all those friends and I still do, but I always had like really artsy fartsy friends and just, just, just varied background, you know? But as I've gotten a little bit older, um, you know, now I, I, I'm probably as serious, at least in the terms of consistency and, and just hitting the, the things that really matter. Um, I'm much, yeah, that's how I'll put it. I'm very, very particular about hitting the things that matter. But all the stuff that doesn't matter, like whether I take my fucking creatine or whether I, you know, or, or whatever, or if I 
show up at the gym and someone's in the rack, you know, like, I, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing, but showing in your rack, in your have, rack, yeah, in my rack. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that kind of shit. No, but getting there, you know, if I don't go at least 20 times a month, you know, then we got a problem. Then I, mm-hmm. that's what I keep track of now is obviously I, I track my training, but you know, I, I said kind of an aspirational goal of like six days a week. I want to be in there or just doing something. And I rarely hit it, but if I'm at, if I'm less than 20, then I'm like, all right, we got a fucking problem here. You know, this is, this is my career and this is my, this is my vessel. (laughs) So, you know, and I got to maintain the fucking vessel. So, of course. So that's what I focus on now. Like really strictly are the things that are just directly attributed to having fun and being healthy and, you know, looking as best I can and stuff like that and all the other shit. um, I just do the best I can. How do you get people to sometimes that may have that all or nothing mindset to, because now you can say it's easy for you not to stress the small things, but I'm sure at some point, well, at least I did. I know that I did stress the meal timing, the, the nutrient timing, all of these little things. How does someone, is it basically through experience? How do you stop sweating that small stuff of your training? Well, like that's the thing. Context is everything. Like if I was doing what you did, Mm-hmm. Like, okay, and you know, in eight weeks or 12 weeks, I got to be on stage in my underwear with a bunch of other jack guys, and I don't want to be laughed at. Yeah. You know, there's that would, that kind of negative stress or positive stress. I forget what that is. Uh, that would drive stress, yeah. stress, and, and distress. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. It'd be fucking stress. But that, like, that would drive <laughs> me to, to, to do, the, you know, to click all the boxes. So, um, but with clients, you just have to give them, um, Again, I always focus on what's the what's going to be the most impactful thing here, mm-hmm. and and I get them to kind of stress about that. Like the guy I had the tough talk with, you know, we're like, we're just going to focus on thirty minutes of exercise a day and just tracking your food, but we're not even going to track with my fitness pal or anything. We're just going to do a longhand tracks. I don't even give a shit about calories and quantities right now. I just want to see when you're. I just want to see your way of eating, you know, because I can I can drill down into the nitty gritty later. So I find things that this is what we're going to focus on. Like I want to see 30 minutes of exercise a day, even if it's just walking around the block. So we, we drill down on that and then make that a habit. And then, you know, we go to the next thing. So you kind of expand that way rather than give someone, because I always, you have to have always a, a, a sense of urgency in some capacity. Mm-hmm. It, it can't all be, oh, well, just do the best you can, especially with guys. Cause they'll be like, oh, fuck this. You're not taking me seriously. Yeah. You know, you have to have some things where, okay, we're going to attack this, but you can't attack everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a bunch of really good skills already, like, you know, someone like you or me, and we have all this shit, all these habits drilled in anyway, we fucking do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, then we attack other things. But it's just, you know, it's right. Having, it's progression. It's yeah. progression. You've got it. You've got to, yeah, progressively overload with everything, with your training, your nutrition, your, your yeah. habits. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you've had conversations where people are like, how do you eat like that? And you're like, fuck, I'm just eating. This is just how I eat, you know. But then you have to think back. Yeah, you know, when I was getting going, this was kind of a process. Oh, I got to measure this. I got to, you know, got to put this in Tupperware because that's so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Open this can of tuna. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, but now it's just like it's just shit you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've noticed with with my clients, a lot of a lot of coaching and things is is – is getting your client to keep the goal the goal and to not get them uh, sporadic on thinking about a million different things. And then also trying to minimize the amount of time that they like fall off track. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, if you can if you can get somebody, if you can get somebody to when they blow their diet to think, "Well, man, I <laughs> I fucked that up, but I'll just keep going." If you can get them to embrace that mindset, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to, "Oh, I can't cheat. I can't cheat. I can't cheat." Then they invariably cheat. They're like, "Fuck, I'm useless." And they go off the reservation for five days. You know, you want people to be just like, oh, well, <laughs> there's my cheat meal for the week. You know, that's yeah. what I, that's what I do. I say, you get one cheat meal a week. Yeah. We're, we're not, it's going to happen. Why, like, why plan it? Like, it, it's going to occur. So you get one and when it happens, just just click the box and, and just, you know, keep on with your plan. Right. You know, what's funny is I don't, I don't usually for, for most people, unless they're like their adherence is like super good. I don't ever plan like free meals or anything like that because I know the people it's like, Oh, the weekend's coming up. They're going to do it anyway. Right. So it's like, Oh, I know. I I used to be all about, all right, Saturday nights, you know, at 8 PM, you get get your, you get your cheat meal. The, the, The funniest question is always, uh, uh, you know, how many grams of carbs can I have in my cheat meal? I'm always like, what the what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just eat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's much better, especially if someone just getting into it saying, okay, this is our system. <laughs> and invariably, you're going to screw it up. And that'll be your, that's that's your, your mulligan. And then just, we're going to keep going. Right. And that's just, people respond so much better than that. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And that's kind of what I've been uh trying to focus on more with, with my content and things. And I think it's why I'm drawn to yours as well is because, uh, I think it's it's much better whenever you can narrow down people's choices. So I want to make their mistakes very small. So like you said, one cheat meal can turn into an entire cheat weekend or whatever. So they they mess up once and they're like, okay, well, I'm off now. It's an on and off switch for them. And then they're like, okay, so I'm off off my diet now. I'll just eat whatever I want. But with my content, what I've been trying to get people to do is to realize it's just one choice. So you make that, you eat that meal and then whatever you're quote unquote off track. Well, the very next decision, that's what you need to focus on. You need to focus on that very next decision and make that a good decision and then keep doing that over and over and over and over again. Yeah. It's that's, that's exactly it. And I think one area though, our industry is kind of screwed up is because obviously the old school thing and stuff that I used to do too, is like, all right, this is your fucking plan. And if you, you know, like the, you know, the, the angry trainer and the, I guess. Cracking the, the whip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever the fat shame or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> but then we've gone, we've bounced back too much the other way. And it's like, well, you know, everybody makes mistakes, and, <laughs> you know, and even though that's true and that's the better way, you have to still, people, people want to aspire. They want to have a standard. Like and the trick is just not making an impossible standard, mm-hmm. you know, so you still want to have that. Like what I tell people is, yeah, if you fucking blow your diet, you know, just forget about it. Mm-hmm. But then it, it, even a day or two later, just look back and go, okay, why did I, why did I just completely destroy that day? Like what happened? Oh, I was at work and it ran late. And then I was late getting home and so-and-so brought home this. And then it just, you know, then you all of a sudden you're like, you, you own it and you can sort of find a way to be better. But if you're always just like, well, that just happens, then it's always just going to fucking happen. So you want to have a little bit of, accountability without being to the extreme yeah right you've got to have um uh learn from your mistakes you know yeah 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 and it's it's also the 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 little voice in your head i talk about this sometimes too you have like the the militant voice in your head who's scolding you for everything you do wrong and then you also have um the 
whatever the quote unquote more motherly, more empathetic type person, compassionate person in your head, and they're they're constantly battling back and forth. But if you can figure out how to use them to your advantage without, um, you know, letting it damage your self worth. Uh, I think that's that's the key. And you gain that with experience and as you learn um, how to get through uh, events like this. But it's just some people, and I will argue this to the nth degree, some people do respond better to like how a whip be cracked. They yeah, do, yeah, you yeah. know, some people, everyone shits on the biggest loser. I, I've actually never watched it, but you know, I, <laughs> right. I, you know, some everyone obviously shits on that training. So that's terrible. And I mean, whatever, all the weigh-ins, that's all bullshit. But that that type of drill sergeant thing, there is a there is a, a segment of the population, and there are contexts where that is what you need. Mm-hmm. Like you know, especially maybe not so much in in our industry, but if you're like in in any type of like a fighting sport, like you you need that little bit of push that's almost artificially <laughs> intense. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you have to like because we all have those gears inside of us. Uh huh. And if you're never, you know, if you're never playing with that part of your brain a little bit, it's like. You know, it's 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 like being in a in a martial arts class, and you're and you're practicing your strikes and your kicks, and that's the that's the fundamentals, the foundations, and then eventually you get to spar, right? And then all of a sudden, it's so much fucking harder because it's like all these things you've learned in a controlled setting, but now the bullets are flying, and your heart rate goes up, and you don't breathe, and you're tense, and you're like, uh, you know, like it's just it's, but over time you learn to manage it, and you learn to you know. Be calm control. under pressure. Exactly. You and I'm not saying a personal training. Like <laughs> I think Mrs. Jones should show up. And, personal you know, training like, and warfare are the exact same thing. Yeah, no, no, I don't even want to go there. But no, like yeah, <laughs> right. no. I'm, I, but there should always be. You should always be a, like a, a little bit of a challenge to things. There should be a bar that you have to hit. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, a, a feeling of disappointment when you don't do it. But also, I'm gonna fucking get that next time. You know. Yeah. And, you know. So. You've got to go there sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's not just a guy thing. Like I don't, I have many women that I, I could just, if you coddle them and you tell them everything's going to be okay, they would tell you to fuck off and you'll never, yeah. never hear from them again. Absolutely. So, yeah. So. They're, they're, no, the, the women can be killers sometimes. They can, you know, they, they'll set you straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I, that's how it is. That's how that, it is. I live with that every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that's great. That's great. Uh, all right. Well, we're we're coming we're coming up on forty seven minutes here, and I, I have just a few more. I think one thing that I'm I've been wanting to ask you uh, since you've been a coach for for this long and you've had so much experience, like what is motivating you to to keep being uh, uh, an online coach to be a fitness coach? Um, I don't know how long I've always told myself like probably the fucking pattern of my life is like, I don't know about training. I don't know about training. I want to do this. I want to do that, but I'm always doing it. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, I've figured out that this is your life needs foundations. Like it needs, you know, some people, it's their children, other people, it's, it's their work. And for me, it's this. And, uh, because I've, I can see that when you get, when you get confidence in, in your body and not just how your fucking body looks, it's not just a vanity thing, although vanity has its place, but when you get confidence that you can control to a degree, like, you know, how you eat and how you feel and, and, and life isn't such like eating isn't such like an anxious process. Like so many people are, get so wound up about eating and food choices because there's all these different programs out there and, and it's nothing but choices, and it just creates this 
huge, this bubbling anxiety inside them. But when you figure this out or someone helps you figure it out on your own and you figure out what works for you and you figure out that, you know what? Yeah, I can get really busy at work or I can go on a vacation and, and gain 10 pounds, but I fucking know when I get back, I'll just jump in my old gear and I'll bounce this fat off and I'll get right back to where I want to be. All of a sudden, you're just so much more chill. And now all of a sudden, you enjoy your vacation. and you en- mm. Or you're able to like, if you're an accountant and it's tax time and you can't really work out as much and it doesn't stress you out because you know, all right, man, this, this will pass. I'll get right back onto my thing because um, I've done it before and nothing breeds confidence quite like being, you know, having done something before. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's what I want to bring to people. So then basically they don't need me. <laughs> so, like, yeah. that, you know, that's, because I figured out that if I can help people learn that, it just makes their lives so much better. Because mm-hmm. like it's just they have this foundation then that that like no matter what goes on in their life, they'll be able to eat, feed themselves, train themselves. They'll be able to like they have that shit undercover. That like that that they have that shit on lockdown, and they can they can attack the other things. But mm-hmm. like every day, I, I I meet people who just have no clue. How to like, how, like they can feed themselves. Obviously, they know the basics, but they really, they just don't. They're not confident about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what a carb is, they know what a protein is, but should I be eating keto? You know, or right. you know, they still have this doubt that creeps into them, or and it's just when they when they know what works for them, that's just such a better place to. It's a better place to be. So that's that's what I fundamentally try to do. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love that. That's, that's, I think that's why, uh, I've been so, so drawn to you and your work. I mean, my, whatever, my tagline slogan, I don't know. I've had this for as long as I can remember, but I, I try to coach people to use fitness to enhance their life and not be their life. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, and I think that that's, that's key. Like you said, we don't want our clients to need us forever. I feel like that's what a good coach does. It doesn't try and just keep taking their money month after month. You want these people to come to you, learn your shit, be comfortable by doing it on their own and then do it for the rest of their life. But I think you're doing it right though, even though you're much younger than I am. Um, (laughs) thanks man. (laughs) You know, like what you've done in this right is because you know, you've, You've competed like that, like that takes a lot of fucking balls and it takes you know yeah and that takes not saying that that is your credential but i'm saying you have to before you can say that you know i've learned how to put fitness in perspective in my life well first you first you better be fucking fit like first you better go you better jump through all these hoops and and connect these dots on your own rather than just hear somebody else talk about it yeah so and i'd like it's that you have to have that place of authenticity so you know props props to you man thank you man you know what's <laughs> funny is i tell people i've said this on the podcast before is that a lot of the stuff that i've done i've done it out of imposter syndrome so yeah, uh, not yeah. necessarily the competing because that's how i first got into um fitness heavily uh, it was after i played high school football that's whenever i got into i was like okay i want to try bodybuilding because i want to compete in something um and then so i started doing that and then um yeah, after after I did the uh, the bodybuilding, that's whenever I was like, okay, I got my pro card. Now I'm kind of done with that because I wasn't I wasn't into it enough to compete against other pros in the bodybuilding. I was like, it's just it's not for me. Um, 
So I was like, okay, check that off the list. But now like I'm a registered dietitian. So I went to school to, to become an RD, but it was out of, you know, I wanted to make sure I could st stay up to date with the, the science crowd and things like that. And all these things, like I didn't have to do them, but in my mind, I was like, I feel, and I still to this day, I feel like an imposter syndrome, like I have it. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've been, been trying to do with all this. So thank you for, for <laughs> acknowledging that. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I'm the, <laughs> I used to, I don't know, drive friends of mine nuts because I, my first question is, I don't know, I probably shouldn't say this, but like when, you know, it, it, amongst my colleagues, you know, we'll be, we'll be discussing our other colleagues. We're gossiping, in other words, you know, yes. and my thing is always, oh, so-and-so, oh, I don't know, I'm always say, well, is he legit? That's my first thing. It's like, is he legit? You know, meaning, not meaning did he compete, but just, is he just legit? Like, like you just know, Yeah. you know, well, we probably just know. I, I feel bad for the average consumer. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but some people you're like, okay, yeah, he's legit. He's got all these clients. He's got this track record. He's done this. He's done this. He's done this. He looks great. He does whatever this, whatever these these parameters are. Mm -hmm. Um, they do invoke a sense of legitimacy. So that that's my shit. Is always, oh, you know, is he legit? So yeah, of course, of course. Um, awesome. Okay, so uh, I think last question: what is what's what's next for you? What do you, what are you excited about right now? Um. Well, I'm not saying I'm in a transitional phase. I'm still doing my one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm doing some group coaching, uh, you know, trying to find the time to create some products. But I really like, I always come back to just working with people. Um, and just that's, that's what I really, because all we really do is problem solve. Yeah. And, and we use whatever our experience and whatever knowledge we have to, but mainly experience just to help people solve their problems. And, and whenever I frame it like that, I get a lot of satisfaction out of it. And so that so keeps me doing it. So I'm going to keep doing it for as long as I can. Good, I man. Well, you're, you, yeah. you're, you're great at it and you're an inspiration to many, myself included. Well, there um, you go. Thank so you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Um, all right. So uh, plugs, where can plugs. people, where, where can people find you? Butt plugs. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. almost. You know, my main thing is like, I got a blog. Uh, it's my full name, briancron.com. Um, I'm mainly active on Facebook, I guess, but I, sh I should probably be more on my blog. But I'm just, I'm busy with coaching. That's the thing. So I'm always, I'm always suspicious of coaches who've got all this freaking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here's another, I just had this rant today with another colleague gossiping. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, all these coaches have such strong, you know, really like they they're writing long posts about about really like sensitive topics and important topics, like whether it's the environment or gender or equality. And I'm reading this, I'm going, well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm like, when the fuck are you training? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, I'm like, I look at my day, I'm like, oh my God. Like, especially Monday, Tuesday, like it's client check-ins. I'm like, God, I'm like, yes. I, I, I'm out, man. Don't, don't, yeah. like, this is all I got time for, you know? Right, right. Maybe I come up for air like Wednesday, Thursday. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. these people like just post after post and, you know, maybe they manage their time better than me. So that's, I'm not, I'm not shitting on them. I'm just maybe. no. There's definitely there's definitely <laughs> some truth there. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just like fuck, dude. How do you? I mean, God, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah, no, I I completely understand, and I know. Yeah, I probably know several people that are just they're making content. They're they're more so they're YouTubers. They're not coaches. They're just YouTubers. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's how it is. But that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> all right. I'll make sure I put all of that stuff in the show notes. Um, all of that good stuff. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for your time. And I, I really appreciate you coming on, my man. Hey, it was great. Thank you.